Hey everybody, Max Boltman back with Corey Pronman for another episode of the Athletic Hockey Show Prospect Series, and specifically our pipeline rankings, the organizational under-23 lists. We're going to pick it right up where we left off yesterday at number 24, Corey, and that means picking up with the Washington Capitals. Washington is an organization I haven't traditionally rated that highly over the last few years, but I think you like the direction they've been uh, going in, mainly because they've kept their first-round picks in recent years. Ivan Mirosnachenko at 20, Hendricks the PR 22, Conor McMichael at 25, all guys who uh, I like to these varying levels. Uh, and, but I think the biggest reason why Washington's in a, not at the very bottom of, of the order is the progress of their 2018 second-round pick, Martin Ferrivari, who was a really important player for them this season. And I've kind of got to take a take, you know, Ami Kelpa on because I wasn't a believer when they made the pick. I just saw a big guy who could skate. I didn't see any offense in this game. I don't know if offense ever going really to be his calling card, but he looks like he could provide secondary offense, scored 17 points and eight goals in the NHL this season to go with the great skating, to go with the high compete level. He's got good size. He looks like a guy who's going to be a really important piece of their lineup going forward uh, for a long time. Yeah, and anytime you can find a defenseman who's going to play close to 20 minutes a night already, probably gets to 20 minutes a night this coming season in the second round, I think you're already thrilled with that off the top, almost almost regardless of how much offense ends up coming here. But to me, Corey, like the headline of this system comes down to their 2022 first-round pick, Ivan Miroshenko. He falls in the draft, obviously a part of that due to the Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, we want to be respectful of, of that as we project him. But to me, when I look at this, this is the kind of talent that you, you bring in at, at 20th overall. That, that has the potential to kind of transform your, your system. Right. I mean, this is a guy who myself and many NHL scouts I talked to in the first half of the year thought was a top five player in the draft. Hodgkin's lymphoma and declining play around November, December led to him falling down the draft. Probably the two things were related. I would argue very good chance they were related. But if he gets healthy, and that may take some time for him to, to do so, even though he is, from everything I've heard, trending in a positive direction in his recovery, you know, he is a big, fast, powerful, highly skilled goal scorer, and, and those guys are not easy to find, particularly at 20th overall. You, you almost argue it was a similar dynamic at play with Hendricks Lapierre, who, who had some medical uh, concerns going into his draft year. They take him as well. Uh, Connor McMichael, they, they take, uh, and, and Ryan Chesley, they take. This is really the top of their system. I think Washington, what they've showed is they've shown a little bit of appetite to to try some things that, that aren't sure things, to embrace a little bit of, of uncertainty in their drafting. And I think that's probably the reason that they're higher on this list than they were, you know, maybe in past seasons. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and LaPierre, I would argue, maybe didn't explode as a prospect as you may have hoped after you took him at, at 22nd overall after he was injured in his draft year you thought maybe okay this guy's got a ton of offense had that great Holinka Gretzky underage season this guy's going to be a top prospect still looks like a very good prospect made the Washington Capitals out of camp but there's a reason why he was also cut from Hockey Canada's uh, under 20 team in that uh, just not a great skater not highly physical so he's got to be a scorer he's got to be a high-end playmaker in the NHL I think he could be that I think he's going to be a, a good NHL player but there's definitely some flaws in this player too that has maybe the gamble may not look as maybe sexy as it did two years ago let's go to number 23 the defending champs the colorado avalanche uh they start the list very easy you got bowen byram in there he's already there in the nhl he already looks like a stud in the nhl uh, and that helps a lot but i think even beyond him you look at their system and, and i think you see maybe a little bit better than you typically expect 
from a team that just won the Stanley Cup, uh, Oscar Ellison, Sean Barons. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with with uh, Jean Luc Foodie, Martin Kaut. Um, but I think this is a team already having just won the cup. Like they have more on the way. Not only did they win the cup, but they traded away significant future assets at yeah. the deadline. And they didn't pick until the sixth round at the NHL draft th- this summer. So I've never seen that in my years covering the draft. I've never seen a team have to wait that long to, to make their first pick. Uh, but yeah, they're not in a bad spot, you know, primarily due to how good Bowen Byron is. But I also, you know, they said you, Martin Cowell also rolls, and I think we'll play games. Alex Newhook's a very good young player. But you got to start with Bowen Byron. Like, man, when he was healthy, which wasn't always the case this season, there were some scary moments there with, with his health this season. But when he was healthy, Healthy man, did he look good? He was so good in the playoffs too. You have to keep in mind how young this player is. Yeah. He was just twenty years old and during the season, and it's hard to imagine for me this guy not being a true top of the lineup defenseman. His, his skating's elite. He competes well. He's got legit offensive skills. Uh, he looks like you know if the window's going to stay open for a long time, he looks like a guy who's going to be a big reason for that. Going to number 22 in the, in the Nashville Predators, you get a guy who we thought was going to go, or at least I thought was going to go much higher in this year's NHL draft, and Joachim Kemel. He makes it all the way to number 17 at Nashville, which is really a, a big deal for them. They, they get another player who, you know, they, they lose Victor Arvidsson a year ago. This could be their next kind of smaller but but high-octane scorer for their system. Right, or it could be Eli Tolvanen who fell in the draft and fell for a reason, and Fair. he looks like a good, good looks like a good NHL player. Maybe not the the steal some people thought he was going to be when he dropped it to thirtieth in two thousand and seventeen. But Kamel's looked very promising this summer with it with the Finland under twenty team was very good versus pros last year. You know, he's a guy I like a lot. A little bit of a mixed bag in, with with national system. You know, obviously I love Yaroslav Askarov when they drafted him. Did not have a good year. I think that guy's the big X factor in this in in this system. If he He's going to be – he signed. He's going to be in their system next season. If this guy bounces back, I think things look a lot different in, in, in Nashville. If he doesn't, you're pretty much just looking at Tomasino and Kamel and as kind of the core guys there in terms of the, the young future. You know, maybe you can argue some other guys. I'm sure some national fans would argue Fedor Sveshkov in that mix or Zachary LaRue. I didn't really love how they looked this season, but they're, they're both good players. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how the system looks over the next couple of years. Are those two, the, the 2021 first-rounders, uh, LaRue and, and Fedor Svechkov, are they kind of going to be the determinants of where this system goes over the course of the next year? I mean, obviously two guys who I think you could argue are, are both both have the potential to be top five prospects in the system. If they live up to that over the course of the next year, is this a, this a system that could even rise? Yeah, I, I agree. So as I said, whether it's Askarov, whether it's Feshkov, whether it's Zachary Lara, those are guys who maybe didn't have the big years you expected of them, even though they were all, you know, especially for Lara and Feshkov, they were good in their respective leagues, just maybe wouldn't argue they, they, they excelled. So they both have talent. You know, Lara's got a ton of skill, just needs to get more consistency. Feshkov got good skill, compete level. I'm not sure there's anything really high end about his game, but he's a very well-rounded player. So and he is the guy probably – Teams are are probably more excited about him uh, uh, between him and, and Lara. So we'll see where he is this time next year. I would like to call you say you saw Parson in though. This is a guy who was a seventh round pick in two thousand and nineteen, and I think this guy's on the path to becoming a National Hockey League player. He's a big center. He has legitimate playmaking ability. Uh, he has been very good versus men in Liga uh, over the last few years. Uh, you know, so uh, this is a guy who I think is going to be a National Predator. Going to number 20, 
one and the San Jose Sharks. I think, you know, we got to start with the, the, the big trade down that the Sharks had this year at the draft, uh, which no surprise boosts their depth. I think that's when I look at their system, that's one of the things they've, they've really bulked up on is this is a deeper system and they still at the very top with William Eklund have that potential top of the line prospect that I think you want when you go through this exercise. Right. But the thing with William Eklund is, you know, we, we watched him a lot in his draft year. Very dynamic player, excellent skater, ton of hockey sense. Uh, but scored one goal this entire season between his time in the SHL and, w- and with the Sharks. And I believe concluding his time with the U20 team. And that's, you know, somewhat concerning with a forward. I, I know he's more of a playmaker, but you'd like more than one goal uh, from from a top 10 pick forward. Uh, so his stock's probably not as high as it was this time last year, but he remains an excellent prospect. He is the top prospect still in this farm system to go, as you said, with pretty good depth. In the system, it's not high end depth as we will see when we get to the top systems. Uh, but there's guys here who you think are going to play. I, I, I think you know Thomas Bortolo is an excellent prospect. You gotta love the progress Brandon Coe made, being one of the best players in the OHL this season. Uh, I like the I like the guys that picked in the 2022 draft. Tristan Robbins looks like a good prospect. Uh, so there definitely are guys coming. All right, going to number 20 and the Toronto Maple Leafs at this at the top. No surprise is Matthew Nyes, a guy they picked late in the second round in 2021 who maybe exploded as much as any prospect in hockey in, in the, in the, in the last year. Yeah, no, I mean, he's was a big part of the under 20 team was great in college played for the U S Olympic team, uh, you know, big forward who plays hard and has legitimate offensive skills. Not sure that the skill of the skating is ever going to be that high end, but he's, he's got offense to go with a, with a, with a strong power game. Uh, no, he, he is a very promising prospect right now. One thing I was interested in, in as you as you did this ranking was Rasmus Sandin. You had him still as a bubble top and middle of the lineup player. It, he's still young. He's 22 years old, but it hasn't quite happened yet for him. I don't know that he's ever really carved out that full, full-time uh, even spot in, 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 in the lineup for the Maple Leafs. I'm curious, like, what are you still seeing in Sandin to, to kind of give you that hope? Yeah, I, he was a really tough one to rate. I debated lowering him. Uh, during the process of, of of putting this together, you know, Toronto is a very deep team, though not an easy has not been an easy NHL team for anybody to make, whether it's him or Nick Robertson, who I think are both strong NHL prospects. I think with Sandin, you just think you know he's got high end hockey sense, he competes well enough. Uh, I think for him, it's let, it's been more the injuries than the post of the play. I haven't minded his play when he's been in the National Hockey League. The defending is never going to be great given his size and his skating, but I think the puck moving looks excellent in the National Hockey League. It's just going to be whether he can stay healthy or not. It's going to be the big question with him. Toronto's an organization that I think you have to credit them to with the depth in their system, some some good drafting. And you know they've obviously uh, traded away some first-round picks over the years. But I think you look at – and there is real depth here. You, you mentioned Nick Robertson. You've also got Topi Nimella, Fraser Minton, Roni Hervonen. You can go down the list a little bit. Uh, there is some depth here to, to complement Nice and Sandine at the top. Right. It's not incredible depth. It's probably just a couple, you know, a handful of players you're, you're excited about. But I think you got to look at, you know, you're you're excited about Nice. You're excited about still Topi Nemo after the big year he had in Finland. You're somewhat excited still about Nick Robertson. Still, you know, had maybe didn't develop as quickly as you probably would have hoped as a pro given his size and his skating. But he was a near point per game in the American League this year. It looks like a strong prospect. Like we talked about Sandine. I still think he's going to be a good player. So it's, it's not a ton of guys, but there's guys here that you think are going to help your team, which given the lack of high picks is something that you can at least hang your hat on a little bit. 
Well, and especially for the Leafs, you know, you have some young players at the top of your lineup that, at least if you're Toronto, you're hoping aren't going anywhere. So you're really just trying to fill out the bottom there anyway. Moving to number 19 and the Philadelphia Flyers, Corey, they, they get the top five pick this year. They use it on Cutter Gauthier. Uh, there was all the talk this summer about what were the Flyers going to do. And it seems like the answer might be what they need to do, which is kind of initiate a more full-scale rebuild, really pick high a few more years here in a row. Right. I mean, they picked Karagochi at number five, who I think is a very good prospect, but they didn't really pick again till later in the draft. They didn't have a ton of picks in that draft, which is not what, usually what you think of with a rebuilding uh, franchise. So we'll see whether that's the approach they take going forward or whether they try one of those rebuild on the flies type of approaches. Uh, with the Flyers sit them, listen, we love Cutter Goche. Cam York's a really good prospect. Joel Farabee's emerging to a true top flight young player in the National Hockey League. Uh, with me, when I look at this system, what the questions I have is what's the future for Tyson Forster and Bobby Brink? Because those are two players with, you know, in terms of the case of Forster, he's got an elite shot uh, with really good skill and size. Bobby Brink's got a ton of hockey sense and he's really skilled, but both of them are really wonky skaters. Uh, maybe brings a little bit better of a skater than Forster, but neither of them are, are guys you're going to you know, overly praise for their skating ability by any means. And I think those two are the really interesting ones. If they can get a good NHL player out of one of those two, at least it doesn't change things completely here, but it makes things a little bit more optimistic. Never mind if you get good players out of both of them. But, you know, I, I'm just, you know whenever you watch them, I've been watching Forster the, uh, at the World Juniors just a, a couple weeks ago. Though that skating stride is tough. Let's go on to number 18 now with Dallas. You know, for a system that doesn't have that kind of already in the NHL, that Bouchard, that Dobson type, this is a pretty easy system to get excited about. And I think some of that comes down to what they did in 2021, getting Wyatt Johnson, Logan Stankovan. Uh, but really, you look at their top guys, Thomas Harley, Maverick Bork. This year, they took Leon Bischel, uh, tied to Landria, waiting to see kind of that final step from him. Um, but there is, it, it is pretty easy to get excited about what Dallas has done at the top of the draft the last few years. Yeah, I mean, you look at the graduates that I have from this year. Jason Robertson, Miro Haskinen, Jake Ottinger. You would think if you graduate those kinds of players, you're going right. to plummet. Uh, but uh, but they, they're they not you know, super high, but they're in a good spot. I think you've you got to be somewhat happy with where, where the system is. I think with Thomas Harley didn't have a huge year, but I think he's going to be a good NHL defenseman just with that size and that skating and having secondary offense. I think in the NHL, he's a good player. Why Johnson explodes this season after being a first round pick, a late first round pick in 2021, named the best player in the OHL. Logan Stankoven was the best player in the WHL. Maverick Bork, you could have, he wasn't named, but you could have argued him being the best player in the QMJHL. And then you have Liam Bischel on the other end of that, who's maybe more of the, the, the defensive defenseman with the, with the freak athletic attributes. Uh, you mentioned Ty Delandria. You know that's the one. Maybe you're not a, you're you're the, the one holy poke in the system. I like Ty Delandria because he's got you know you know he's a good skater. He can play two ways. I think there is some offense there. Didn't hasn't really been a huge big time pro, but I think he can still be a bottom six forward in the, in the National Hockey League. Uh, but the system's about the younger guys, the junior guys. You know, especially if Watt Johnson continues to progress the way he's been progressing right now. There's there could be some significant scoring on the way for. For Dallas, or down the line. All right, we'll wrap up today at number seventeen with the Edmonton Oilers. Another one who I think you can point to the very top and see what we're looking for here, which is which is a young NHL established, uh, really good player in, in Evan Bouchard. I think he's a top pair D, and and right behind him they've got Philip Broberg in the system. But someday uh, that both of those guys they could even be a pair for the Oilers sooner than later. 
And they would complement each other really well where, you know, Bouchard's the highly cerebral puck mover with the big shot. He provides offense and Brogberg's just the freak athlete who's 6'3 and he can fly. And I think there is some offense, but it's not going to be that kind of offense. I think he's going to be more of a good defender with secondary offense, uh, just just due to his, you know, how, how good a skater he is with, with, with that length. Dylan Holloway up front, Ryan McLeod. These are a couple of guys, a couple of centers that they have, uh, you know, under 23 still. Obviously, the center position in Edmonton is well accounted for. But whether it's center, whether one of one of these guys moves down down the lineup or off to the wing, a uh, couple of pieces. Reed Schaefer as well, the 2022 first-round pick. Xavier Borgo, 2021 first-round pick. Raphael Lavoie, who, who they took in 2019. All guys who you could see in the coming years complementing those two, you know, franchise headliners up front. And Ryan McLeod, probably the one I want to talk about the most, and that's just that he played in the NHL a lot this season and, and looked quite good at, at times. I think he's going to be at a third line center at the minimum in the NHL. I can see him playing higher in the lineup. Obviously, on the Oilers, that's with an asterisk. Where's higher in the lineup exactly? But I think this guy, you know, six three. He can he can fly. There is some offense there. He can kill penalties. There's a lot to like about how Ryan McLeod has developed. Uh, and and it gives you some flexibility to do things if you ever want to move on from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm not saying he's going to be that kind of player, but it, if he keeps developing well, he can give you those kind of options. Uh, I think Dylan Holloway, I'm not sure if he's a center or a wing, but I think he's going to play games this season. Uh, you know, has a very pro-style game. Uh, and like I said, I think you, you mentioned Schaefer and Borko. Those are guys I think it won't happen immediately, but I think they're going to help their team down the line. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Athletic Hockey Show's Prospect Series. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic right now for $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. We'll talk to you soon. Pick it up the list.